Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I am Sam Rosenberg. Today is Wednesday, May 16th, 2018. So last week I got on this podcast and I talked about how I truly believed the Sixers could pull it out of their ass. They could come back from 3-0. They had just put on such an impressive performance with TJ McConnell to win game four. Well, not long after I dropped that podcast, the Sixers proceeded to lose Game 5 in Boston and get eliminated by the Boston Celtics. So, (laughs) I was wrong. Um, Definitely had a lot of optimism for that Sixer team, but I was very wrong. Um, And instead, you had this upstart Boston Celtics team without Gordon Hayward, without Kyrie Irving, you know, really just trounced their way into the Eastern Conference Finals in five games. The second round of the playoffs was nowhere near as exciting as the first round. You had four, three of the four series were five games, and then you had the Cavaliers sweeping the Raptors in four. Um, The Sixers, listen, post-mortem, you know, there's a lot of things to discuss. There was a lot of pluses, a lot of negatives. Um, Where can they improve? You know, do you keep Ilyasova? Do you keep Bellinelli? These guys were good fits for their system, but you might be able to get a better player who's more of a two-way player to fit their spot. You might be able to get a guy who's a better defender than Bellinelli. Um, I know J.J. Redick wants to come back. I think he was a pretty solid addition, but at the same time, he also became a defensive liability in the playoffs when you're going to go up against a team like Boston. And listen, Boston, this was a good preview for the future to come because this Boston team is not going anywhere. All they've got is draft assets, and they've got Irving and Hayward coming back. They are going to be just as dangerous, if not way more dangerous, next year. And I think as the Raptors fade in the Eastern Conference, conference and probably the Cavaliers as well, because I think LeBron James is probably going to be heading out the door. Um, You're probably going to see an Eastern conference dominated by the Sixers and the Celtics. So going up against this Celtics team was probably a good litmus test for what the future is going to hold. So you better get ready for trying to figure out a way to deal with them. So if JJ Reddick's a guy you need to hide defensively in the playoffs, you might need to think about that before you bring him back for another large contract. Um, Fultz, I mean, listen, number one, I think we can all agree now that clearly the Sixers got hosed or fleeced on that Fultz trade because what we see now is that the Celtics clearly wanted Jason Tatum from the very beginning. They probably would have drafted him with the number one overall pick. And really, if the Sixers just stuck with the third pick, they probably still would have gotten Fultz because I think everybody's in agreement that the Lakers were going to take Lonzo Ball. So Fultz... There's clearly some potential there. There's clearly a lot of excitement, but I think we need to chalk up that this is a lost season and that he's got to figure out some of his game this this summer. He's got to get a little bit more of a jump shot. He's got to get more under control. He needs to learn how to run the point from a point guard's perspective because really half the reason, half the probably the entire reason he got out of the rotation in the playoffs was because he didn't know how to run the point. I mean, he was really in over his head when it got to the playoffs, and that's, that's the truth. Um, you know, Embiid and Simmons... I I don't there's growth there and I think that the two of them are going to grow and I I don't really know if there's anything else to pick apart aside from that. I mean, I think Simmons is going to be the rookie of the year. You know, there was a lot of excitement about his play this year. You know, there's a lot of criticism he can take for how he played in the playoffs. But listen, this was all way better than anybody was expecting. I know a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of the playoffs, there was this real excitement that they could make it to the finals, that they could really make some noise. I was saying that they could dethrone LeBron James, but the truth is, this is all 
more than anybody wanted. You know, at the beginning of the season, we were saying they might be a few games better than 500, and that would have been a win. That would have been a step forward in this process. The fact that they finished with 50 wins, that they finished the season on a 16-game regular season winning streak, that they went into the playoffs on a fucking tear, that they stomped on the Miami Heat and went to the second round, and they had they garnered all this goodwill... You know, I don't think we can feel super disappointed about the fact that they are they're going home early now and they're not reaching the finals or the conference finals for that matter. This team needs to learn defeat. They need to learn resilience. They need to go through this shit so they can come back next year and be even more dangerous. Um I'm a little curious why we didn't see more Rashawn Holmes. I do think he could have been helping this team more. I think he could have contributed in places where Amir Johnson couldn't have. You know, I just think Amir Johnson was a smarter player on the floor, but, you know, Rashawn Holmes had a little bit more athleticism, if not the same height. And, you know, towards the end of that Boston series, I mean, the Sixers couldn't do anything against this Boston team. You know, Boston was just so, so suffocating defensively that, I mean, essentially, Amir Johnson was completely played out of the rotation. By the end of the by the end of the series, the Sixers didn't have any answers. Um, so, I'm optimistic for next season. There's a lot of discussion about if they're going to trade for Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James. They're also talking about possibly trying to get Paul George. Brett Brown came out not too long uh, after the end of the season to say. Um, that it's clear that the Sixers need to get another big superstar to sort of make this entire thing go. Um, I don't think LeBron James is going to come to the Sixers. Uh, Personally, I don't think he should come to the Sixers. I actually don't think that LeBron will be a good fit chemistry-wise for the Sixer team. I actually kind of think he might fuck fuck with the chemistry a little bit with Embiid and Simmons, he might actually make more toxicity there. I know he's LeBron. I know he is instant ticket sales. He's instant jersey sales. He's instant TV ratings. I get that. But I just think in the long term, LeBron coming to Philly is not the answer. Now, Kawhi Leonard coming to Philly does sound like the answer. And I have heard a lot of these pundits throw out ideas like trading Fultz and Covington and, you know, you know, maybe TJ McConnell to get Kawhi Leonard onto this team. Now, Kawhi Leonard on the Sixers sounds very interesting. Now that sounds like something I would very like I would very much like to see. I think he could fit excuse me, I'm burping everywhere here. I think he could fit in very, very well with Simmons, with Simmons' passing ability, with his ability to shoot the ball. Again, taking that focus away from Simmons and his need to shoot will at least give him the opportunity to try to work on his jump shot and not be pressured all the time to be a scoring presence. Because the one thing we are seeing with Simmons is that his lack of a jump shot makes it so he's not a scoring presence every night. He is not the guy who is going to be putting up 20 points every night. Sometimes Simmons puts up 8 points, 12 assists, and 10 rebounds. I mean, that's what he does. He's a facilitator right now. Maybe he'll be a scorer later on in his career, but right now, the guy's a facilitator. Um, Boston. We got to talk about this Boston team because now let's talk. Let's just slide off of the Sixers. Sixers are done. Stick a fork in them. I'm probably going to be talking about some of their moves. You know, they've got the number 10 pick in the draft. The draft lottery came out just the other night. This was last night. The Phoenix Suns have the number one pick. Sacramento Kings have the number two. I think the Hawks have the number three. Um, But the reality is um, the Celtics pick that they got from the Sixers was not high enough. So essentially the Sixers get to retain that pick. They get the number 10 pick in the draft. And that's the the pick that they get um, from the Lakers. That's actually that Michael Carter-Williams pick that they've had for forever. Um, So this Lakers pick they're going to keep. They're going to have the number 10 pick in the draft. Um, Let's see what they do. And let's also see if they bring over any of their international players to play on this team. 
Um, you know, because they still have Jonah Bolden over uh, overseas. Um, I feel like they have another guy I'm not thinking of, but uh, you know they've got a lot of draft picks coming up. I think they have about four picks in the second round as well. Like this is going to be a very busy draft for the Sixers. Expect them to trade some of these picks. Hopefully, expect them to uh, you know make a little bit more of these assets because I kind of feel like these are all the Sam Hinkie picks that he's been hoarding, and now they're all coming. You know they're coming due because Brian Colangelo has not been doing the same moves of these second round picks that Hinkie was so used to. Um, Anyway, let's talk about the conference finals. So now we're looking at Boston Celtics, Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, last week I talked about the idea of the Sixers actually getting to the conference finals and beating LeBron. Um, and I also talked about LeBron James being able to beat no matter who came out of the of this Sixers-Celtics series. And I also was commenting on how I thought the Celtics were a dumpster fire at the first round. When they went to seven games against Milwaukee, I really did not give them any respect. I'm eating my words right now because they, as of right now, I was fucking dead wrong. I was picking the Cavaliers to beat the Celtics in six games. I was wrong. They're down 0-2 going back to Cleveland. That's right. Boston won both games in Boston. They are now 2-0 going back to Cleveland. LeBron is down 0-2 for the first time since 2008 against the Celtics when the Celtics won the title. So Cleveland, I thought the LeBron magic that he worked against Indiana and really what happened with Toronto was embarrassing. Toronto folded like a cheap suit. It is deeply embarrassing what Toronto did. The fact that they completely forgot how to play basketball and they just went back to their old ways. And the truth is, you know, Dwayne Casey won 59 games. They were the number one seed. He's probably going to win coach of the year and he just got fired. And I kind of think Masai Ujiri is justified in that. I mean, there's some stuff that you've had the team for four or five years. And if this isn't working, you got to bring somebody else in because I don't think Masai is ready to blow that team up yet. And I don't think he should blow it up yet. I think he's, I think it's worth walking back that roster one or two more, at least another season before you blow the whole goddamn thing up. You've worked too hard to build this, this particular roster. Anyway, um, LeBron uh, and the Cavaliers sweeping the Raptors really, you know, it gave me the sense that there was still some magic left in the Cavaliers tank. And, that's not the case, man. This Boston team is way, is they are an oiled machine. Brad Stevens has clearly gotten this team ready. He is a hell of a coach. They're doing all of this without Hayward and Irving. Or Al Horford is playing some of the best basketball I've ever seen him play in his entire life, his entire career. I mean, this guy is truly dominating in a way that most teams have not been able to deal with him, okay? Joel Embiid really couldn't deal with him, and now we're seeing Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love can't deal with him either. This Boston team is suffocating the, the Cavaliers. And at this point, I don't think it's going to be a six-game series. I think Boston's going to beat Cleveland in five games. And this no-name bunch of rookies with, with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and Al Horford these and Terry Rozier, these guys are going to the finals. This 2018 Boston Celtics team that doesn't have Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, they're going to the goddamn finals. I'm calling it right now. I know it hasn't happened, but I'm fucking calling it. They're going to beat LeBron in five games, and truthfully, they will be a better representative of the Eastern Conference than the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are just, a, they're, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's LeBron James and, and a bunch of smoke and mirrors trying to figure out how to make it work every game. So I feel like the the adjustment that Ty Lue had to make, he did in game two, and it worked for about a half. And then Boston came back and just crushed Cleveland. I, I mean, I really don't see it. And LeBron had 42 points and a triple-double. I mean, what the... 
what 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 the hell is Cleveland going to do to actually beat this Boston team right now? There's too much going on defensively with Boston. They're not giving Cleveland anything they want to do. They let LeBron do whatever the hell he wanted. Hell, Kevin Love scored great, but nobody did anything. If you look at the box score for that game, the scoring amongst the Boston Celtics is thoroughly even. All five of their starters were in double figures. Jalen Brown led the team in scoring with 23 points. And then you look at the Cavaliers, three players scored in double digits. LeBron, Kevin Love, and I want to say um, oh, uh, like Jeff Green or something like that. Some schmo who came off the bench or something. like. Or J.R. No, J.R. Smith was 0 of 7 from the field. I think he had zero points on the night. So... This is really, really, Cleveland is going down. They're going down fast. And I think nobody expected this Boston team to make the type of noise that they're making right now and to play as disciplined basketball as they're playing right now, especially without their superstars. It's just, it's, listen, everybody is surprised right now. Nobody was giving Boston this type of credit and they deserve it, man. They've played hard and they've earned it. Um, Western Conference. Warriors, Rockets. Tonight is game two, um, 9 o'clock Eastern time, 8 o'clock Central, uh, 6 o'clock Pacific. Um, it's in Houston. Golden State won game one. This is, to me, it's... I picked the Warriors to win in six games, and I'm still thinking that. The Warriors really imposed their will on Houston in the last game. There, was, there were at least four instances in the first half where I saw Houston run out the shot clock because they could not get a shot. Golden State is suffocating this team already. You know, D James Harden is doing his step-back threes. It's working, but it's like when Golden State wants to flip the switch and just really turn it on in the third quarter in the second half, they can. There's nothing that's really stopping this, and there's no longer a death lineup. It's now the Hamptons 5 lineup. You know, the, the uh, Iguodala, Curry, Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant. I mean, they started the game this way. They didn't put uh, JaVale McGee or Zaza out there. They started the game with the Hamptons 5. I believe um, uh, uh, Kevin Looney came in for Iguodala. That was the first rotational change. Um, but Golden State, I mean, this is business as usual for them. Houston has got every single piece that they need to really take on this Golden State team, and it's still not enough. Still not enough. Chris Paul did everything he could. James Harden did everything he could. Hell, Eric Gordon, I think, brought a lot to the table in Game 1, as well as Clint Capella, but but that's really it. Luke and Bob Butte is still clearly suffering from this separated shoulder injury. You know, Ryan Anderson can, cannot be on the floor. He's too much of a defensive liability against this Golden State team. And, you know, the guys you really need to rely on are like the P.J. Tuckers and the Trevor Arizas, and when you match them up against Golden State and some of the guys you see there, I mean... It's just they're they're outmatched and they're not prepared. And, you know, I really think Houston is going to do every single thing they can and they're going to throw everything they can at this Golden State team. But the Warriors are just monsters. And, you know, I'm still picking the Warriors in six, but right now it might be the Warriors in five. And this Houston team is really good, really, really good. And they still can't hold a candle to this Warriors team. My God, it's just shocking to think how dominant this Warriors team is, or was before they got Kevin Durant, and now with Durant, it's like a fucking joke. So I'm still picking the Warriors to come out, and right now, I'm officially flipping the script. I'm not picking the Cavs. I believe the finals is going to be the Warriors and the Celtics. It's going to be the Warriors and Celtics, which will be a great matchup, because this Boston Celtics team is one of the few teams that actually gave the Warriors trouble in the regular season over the last couple of seasons, not just this year, but the last couple of seasons, 
Whenever the Celtics have come and played the Golden State Warriors, either in Boston or at Oracle Arena, it has been a tight matchup. It's been close. It's gone to overtime. Boston knows how to get underneath their skin. They know how to play well against them. I mean, Brad Stevens, you cannot, you cannot discount how much of an edge he brings to the team simply by being the coach. There's so many coaches that don't bring an edge like that and an additional sort of 10 points or five wins to a team uh, like Brad Stevens does. I think the only other coaches you can really say who do things like that are Greg Popovich and Eric Spolstra. And that's the truth right now because Brad Stevens is a big part of why Boston is doing what they're doing right now. Okay, the, the personnel they have would not be able to shut down the talent that they've had to go up against. The personnel they have would not be able to shut down Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, LeBron James and Kevin Love. They wouldn't be able to do it if they didn't have the cohesion and the leadership of that coach. And it's just, it's the type of thing that makes me think, you know what? Celtics Warriors is going to be a hell of a better series than uh, Cavaliers Warriors. And you know what? I don't need to see the Cavaliers and the Warriors for the fourth straight year. All right. I don't like seeing the same finals matchup two years in a row. The fact that we've had it three years is already too much. Listen, I know it's it, it, holding up the fact that they're great teams, but I don't want to see another fucking Warriors-Cavaliers matchup. I want to see somebody else in the mix. We're already getting a fourth straight year of the Warriors, for Christ's sakes, or we probably will. Let's at least have them match up against a team that's going to give them a run for their money. This Boston team will make them work for it. I still think war the Golden State Warriors are going to win the title and beat Boston, but goddammit, Boston is going to make it one hell of a ser- one a much more of a difficult series than the, than the Cleveland Cavaliers will, and I'm just calling that right now. If I had to pick it, Boston-Golden State, I'd say Golden State in six, because I think Boston has enough to steal at least two games, at least two games in Boston against that Warriors team, and that's a good Warriors team, but Boston has got what it takes to get underneath their skin and make them work for it. Oh, boy. it's uh, It has been an interesting playoffs, to say the least. I'm sad that my Sixers are out of it. I want to talk more about them. I'm probably going to come back on the air and talk more about them. But I'm going to ride out this playoff run. Let's see who wins this NBA title. And uh, let's see how the draft plays out. The NBA draft will roll out. We'll see who's going to take Luka Doncic. We're going to see who's going to take Andre Ayton, um, uh, DeAndre uh, Ayton. And uh, it'll be, listen, it'll be very interesting. And I'll come back. I'll talk about some off-season NBA stuff. But really, you're probably going to see me start shifting back to football because, I mean, football is a dominant sport. We're going to, you know, we just had the NFL draft a few weeks ago. Um, we're going to start getting near training camp, um, more off-season changes. And uh, listen, there'll be plenty to talk about, even in the dog days of summer, man. It's a tough time when uh, these sports go into the off-season. But, I mean, I'm too much of a geek about it. I can't ever go away. I'm going to continue to come back every week on Sam Sports Podcast to talk some NFL and to talk some NBA, very specifically Eagles and Sixers. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Thank you very much for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to Sam Sports Podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Uh, God, I screwed it up already. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and I'm also on SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones or email me at SamSportsStation at gmail.com. In the meantime, enjoy tonight's uh, Game 2 against the Rockets and the Warriors. I know I will be, and uh, I'll be back next week to talk more basketball. Take it easy. Bye-bye.